All right, so today, today I am running through the final message in this series that I'm calling Rooted, and what it means for us to have a faith that is rooted together in the gospel, and, and how that looks in our lives. And we've talked about that over the past couple of weeks, so this is the third message in that. Rooted in the sense of where we are held secure in our faith and what that looks like, especially as we're talking about this time of change and transition that even among a world that's changing, some things are held secure and are rooted in the same place. So a couple weeks ago, we looked at the story that Jesus tells in John 15 of the vine and the branches, and we talked about being rooted in the way that we abide in Jesus. Last week, we looked at the story of Joseph at the end of Genesis, and we talked about the way that we are rooted in vision and what we see God doing and where God is at work. Now, today, I want to talk about the way that our faith is rooted in health, what it means for us to have healthy faith and what that looks like. Now, I, I trust that January is a safe time to talk about health because in some sense, January is that time of year when a lot of people think about health. At least I know for me that um, I, I have a membership at the YMCA and I try up to three times a week to be there to work out. But I notice this, and for those of you who also regularly attend a gym, maybe you notice this too, January, the gym is busy. There's a whole bunch of people that join and come to the gym in January. And I think maybe it's because, you know, those New Year's resolutions. I'm going to start the year off, and I'm going to be healthy this year, and I'm going to exercise. And you know how it goes, right? By February, it's going to be back like it was. All the good intentions. But all that to say, I think it's safe to say that January, maybe all of us at least give a little bit more attention to what it means to be healthy. So I think it's a good time for us to talk about a faith that is healthy as well. So if you pay attention to physical health, you know that you pay attention to several things, right? It's not just one thing that does it. Physical health means, well, I have to get a certain amount of exercise and activity, physical activity with my body. Physical health also means I have to pay attention to my diet, to what I'm eating and how much and the nutrition of that food, that kind of thing. Physical health means I have to pay attention to sleep, the rest that I get, that I'm not wearing myself out too thin. Physical health also means we pay attention to our mental health. Studies show that excessive anxiety wears on us physically. There's so many pieces that go into physical health. And of course, I, I go see my doctor for my physical checkup every year too, just to make sure everything's all working okay. All of those things are all components to physical health, and, and they're interconnected, aren't they? They're interconnected in ways that you can't just pick one and say, I've got it. If the only thing I did was I went to my doctor every year for my annual physical checkup, and that's it. Forget about my exercise, forget about what I eat, forget about how much sleep I'm getting, but I go see my doctor every year, I'm healthy. No, it doesn't work that way, does it? There is an interconnectedness to all of these components that go into what it means for our bodies to be healthy. So today I want us to consider this. How does that work with our faith? 
Is there something similar to that or like that in the way that we approach the health of our faith, our walk with God? Are there components that are interconnected? And maybe I can focus on just one thing and think, all right, well, I checked that one box. I've got it. But if we fail to recognize the interconnectedness of all these things that keep a faith healthy, then maybe we've got more to go and there's more to say and more to recognize in what happens in that. That's what I want us to think about today. And to keep that from being overwhelming, I'm going to use a passage that comes from the Gospel of Mark. And Jesus is going to talk about this under one theme. So we're not going to go all over the map here. One theme that demonstrates the interconnectedness of how our faith stays healthy. Okay? So, this comes from Mark chapter 12, and I'm beginning at verse 28. Here's what it says. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, Of all the commandments... Which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, No one dared ask him any more questions. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right then, health. A faith that is healthy and what that looks like for us. Uh, This is a passage in Mark that, that has to do with the idea of love. And you know what? I know for many of us, maybe that comes as what feels like a Sunday school answer, something we learned and knew, and, and we might immediately say, yep, I already know that. Check that one off. I've got it. Of course I know that to be a Christian means I need to love, and having a Christian faith has to do with love, and, and there's so many things that we say about that because the Bible talks about it so much that God loves us so that we are loved, that we are called to be people who love others. We know those things. But today I want us to consider the way that that works towards the health of our faith, that we are people who are rooted in that healthy kind of faith. All right, so let's give the context around what's happening in this passage, just so we see what's going on here. So Jesus is... In this debate, Mark tells us, the Jewish leaders, the the people who are are the religious leaders in Israel at the time, Pharisees and Sadducees, the, the rulers of the law, those kinds of things, they all come to Jesus with these questions, questions to debate. And you read elsewhere in the gospel that this is meant to be a trap. 
that they're trying to ask questions that will trap Jesus into giving an answer that's going to get him in trouble. That's what's going on around this. So this question comes, so of all the commandments, which one is the most important? Now, Mark doesn't fill in some of the detail around that for us, of all the commandments. What does he mean by all the commandments? Because we don't have that detail here. We can just assume a few things. Well, there's some work that's been done about this to research some of the Jewish history at that time. Scholars have sort of uncovered that during the time of Jesus in Israel at that time, the religious leaders, the Jewish religious leaders, went through everything that they had as the Scripture at that time. It's the Old Testament. All of the Old Testament books that they counted as Scripture, they went through that and they made a list of every single thing they could find that was a rule, a commandment, something you had to do. So they made a list out of this. And they they have a number. So when he says here of all the commandments, he's got in mind an exact number of commandments. Anyone know what that number is? Anyone? 613. So close, but double it, right? 613 commandments that they had. Now, of that, it breaks down in a couple of ways, though, right? Of all these commandments. That of that, 248 of them are positive commandments. Positive in the sense of, all right, so here's the thing that you're supposed to do. Here's the activity you're supposed to do. And then 365 of them are prohibitions, negative. And here's the things you should avoid, that you should not do. So you've got 248 things that I'm supposed to be doing all this, 365 things of I can't or shouldn't do any of that, 613 of these things, and I'm supposed to live every day of my life, every moment, focused on keeping it all, all of that. That's the life of living in the Jewish tradition at the time of Jesus according to these Jewish religious leaders. Now then, so I suppose on one hand there then, the question that this religious leader is asking seems practical. Wow, there's 613 of these. That feels like a whole lot to be carrying on and paying attention to. So could I itemize that list? Right? I mean, are, are there big ones that should be at the top? And if I'd focus more of my attention on that, then maybe it feels more doable? I mean, the question seems to make sense, right? I mean, it's, it's practical that way. But these are people who are trying to walk Jesus into a trap because they know, and we know because God has said in his scripture as well, that his perfect righteousness demands perfect obedience. By categorizing any one of these as above any of the others, by saying any of these 613 commandments don't really count, don't go up to the top of the list, by doing that, you're ignoring a command of God, or at least diminishing a command of God. They're, They're trying to trap Jesus in that. And it shows, I think, for us something of the predicament that they were in as a people. This is impossible. 
How can anyone live a life that perfectly pays attention to all of these things at the same time, every day and in every moment that you live? It cannot be done. The question highlights all of that. All of that is wrapped up in just those first couple sentences of this passage, right? Which commandment is the most important? All that background goes into it. But Jesus gives an answer here. Jesus gives an answer that doesn't pull one commandment apart from the rest, but Jesus gives an answer that summarizes all of it. Every commandment comes together in this. Jesus gives an answer that says every commandment is supposed to point us towards loving God and loving others. So take all 613 of these rules that you made for a list and the heart behind every single one of those rules is this is there so that you can love God and love others better. It all wraps up into that. Jesus gives an answer that gives a summary to that, that tells us something. It tells us that the commandments, the rules are all pointed towards being able to love God and love others. And we're still people who live with some of that. We still talk about the Ten Commandments, and, and we talk about that in ways that say, these are God's commandments that he desires for us to keep as a rule of our own life. So it's not that we throw out all these things of the Old Testament. Now, I know we don't have a list of 613 things. We don't do that. But we all sort of wrap our lives around wanting to obey and walk in obedience with God that holds some degree of doing what he desires for us to do, keeping his commandments. So it's a good reminder for us to know that all those things that we do in our life that we think follows a commandment is there for us to love God better, and to love others better. It all points in that direction, and it all focuses on that. And if at any point we find ourselves doing something that we think is following a commandment, but it does not result in loving God better or loving others better, then we're missing something. And that commandment is not doing what it's supposed to do in our lives. Jesus is focusing our attention in that direction. But he does so holistically, that we are holistic beings. I talked about that with our physical health, right? That to be physically healthy, you can't just look at one thing and think you've got it all. There's interconnected components to being physically healthy. I think what Jesus does here by quoting this verse that comes from Deuteronomy in the Old Testament about loving God shows us an example of holistic love that keeps our faith healthy. The components of that love in which I can't just pick one of those things and check it off and say, yep, I love God and I love others because I do this one thing to love. But there are categories to that that become holistic. So work through that with me because the passage that's quoted there is one that says, the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Let's think about those four things 
and the way those are interconnected in how it is that we are people of love and how that works for a healthy faith for each one of us. So, love the Lord your God with all your heart and what it means to be people who love with our heart. This is a reference to emotion, feeling. That for the people of the Bible, they associated the heart with your passions and your desires. That we love God with those things, with our passions and our desires. Meaning this, that I have a heart that is passionate about the things that God is passionate about. That's what it means to love God with my heart. That the things that God feels are the things that I strive to feel too. Meaning something like this, that when God's heart breaks for the sin and brokenness of this world, that my heart should break for the sin and brokenness of this world as well. When God's heart feels the weight of injustice in this world for abuse, that our hearts should feel the weight of injustice in this world when we see abuse happen. That God, when God rejoices when a prodigal child turns and comes back to him, that our hearts should rejoice when people turn their hearts and walk with Jesus. You see what I'm saying? That the things that we see and know in Scripture of God's desires, God's passions, that we love God with our heart when we follow those same things. When we feel as God feels. So to love God with all your heart is to love in that way. And in some sense then, all of the commandments in the Bible carry a piece of that. All the commandments in the Bible carry a piece of reminding us to love God with all of our heart, our emotion, our feeling, our passions, our desires. And then, love God with all your soul. This is a reference to the spiritual. The Bible tells us in Genesis that God created human beings in his image, that we, people, bear the image of God. There's something of the creator himself that is stamped within us simply by being created as a human being. Everyone carries that. Every single person carries that unique stamp of God's very own image in their created being. It's an image that allows us to have relationship with him. It's an image that when our relationship with God was restored through the sacrifice of Christ, that, that we became an adopted part of his family. It's an image that carries our beings into eternity, that we will live forever with God, the Bible says. All of that is wrapped up in what it means for us to be spiritual people, that we have a soul. And so to love God with your soul, to love God with all of your soul, is, is to love God in a way that recognizes I'm stamped with his image. 
that God's very image exists in me. That God himself placed that upon who I am. And to love others with all your soul is to recognize everyone else has that image too. That in the way I see other people, in the way I treat other people, and I think especially mindful of people that we might otherwise dismiss, people that are so broken by sin, that are so destructive in their habits, that it's hard to remind ourselves, but the image of God is in that person because that person is human, created by God. That person is worthy of being loved simply because they have the image of God in them despite all the brokenness and evil that may wash over our world and corrupt the people around us. To love God with all your soul is to recognize that we are spiritual beings and God's image is implanted within each one of us. All the commandments wrap up in a piece of that. Every commandment points us towards a direction of being able to know that we love God and love others with all our soul. Love God with all your mind. Uh, Here's a reference to our mental and intellectual abilities. That we are created as people who can discover things, who can figure things out. We are created as people who have imaginations. We can dream and come up with stuff. We can create All of that as a function of our mind. So how do you love God with all of your mind? Think of all the things that we use our minds to do, what our minds are for, that that we study and learn and discover about this world that God has made. It's God's world. God created it, and he created it in such beautiful and unique ways for us to explore and discover. Because when we discover those intricate details of our creation, that only speaks to God's glory. What an awesome creator we have for making a world like this, with nature that does what it does, that God imagined it, he thought it up, and he created it. Our discoveries keep pushing further and further in that, right? With microscopes and telescopes, we see farther than we've ever seen before, and that only reveals how awesome God is. With microscopes, we see smaller than we ever have before. And it just reveals again and again how awesome God is as the creator. We explore and love God with our minds when we do that. We also use our minds for things like planning and organizing. Right? That, that we are people who create agendas and get things done. And we use our our mental abilities to do that and to do that well. And when we use our minds to do that in ways that build people up, that bring people together, that help others flourish and rise up, when we use what we can with our minds to work towards that, we love God and we love others using our mind, using our knowledge, using what we can do with the mental abilities that we have. In some sense, then, every command of the Bible wraps up into a piece of that. 
of looking at the way that we love God and love others with our mind, with our knowledge, with what we learn and how we plan and how we organize and what we do. And then, love God with all your strength. What it means to love God physically, with what we do, with how we act, with where we go and what we do with our time and what gets done with that. That love, in some sense, has to show up and be real in our world. Love needs a tangible, real-life expression, action, that it shows up in some way like that. So we love God physically when we do something. Now, that takes many different forms. That, that takes shape in so many different ways. For some of us, that means, well, I do things according to the ability that I have. That if you're mechanically inclined, that you help other people who maybe aren't so mechanically inclined with, you know, fixing things or repairing or helping out. That if you've got the abilities to do that, that you share those abilities. For those of us who, those who are on the worship team here on Sunday mornings, they've got musical abilities and they show up to say, I'm going to do something with that. I'm going to use that to help us all worship together. Don't underestimate this one either. Just showing up, that's doing something. You know what it's like when a struggle comes along, when someone gets that call that a loved one has passed away or received a bad diagnosis from the doctor and you feel like you can't really do anything because in some of those situations, we just feel helpless. There's nothing I can do about that, but there is something. Show up. Just be there. Uh, sometime maybe that, that takes place physically and I'm actually going to come and sit with you and visit. Sometimes that's I'm going to write a note and send a note in the mail or give a phone call or send a text message or an email. Those are all physical, tangible expressions of just showing up in somebody's life and knowing that you're not alone. I'm there with you. I'm thinking of you. I'm praying with you. All of those things. Tangible, real-world expressions of love. It's loving God with our strength. All the commandments, all the commandments in some way catch a piece of that, of showing us and prompting us how to love God with our strength. These things then, all of these things work together to be what it means to have a healthy love that works towards a healthy faith. That all of that works together in that way. Healthy faith means all four of these expressions show up and interact. That I can't neglect any one of them over the others. But I recognize the way they are interconnected. And when we recognize the interconnectedness of that love, that makes our faith healthy. Why? Why does it do that? How does that work? Because when we recognize that here's something of a quick and simple blueprint for loving God that encompasses 
heart and soul and mind and strength. Here's a way to love God that, that accounts for what it means to be emotional and spiritual and intellectual and physical. When I account for all of that and when I pursue a love like that, that follows closer with Jesus. It gives closer proximity to Jesus and walking in the will of God. Because Jesus summarizes this as being, all the commandments are in this. So you can't keep track of 613 separate things, but here's something you can keep track of, that I'm loving God and loving others. And in loving God and loving others, all those other commandments fall inside of that category. That all those things pull us in that direction to having a healthy faith with God. But let me close with this, that this isn't really about us trying to figure out how to love God as though it's something we have to come up with. This is really a reflection. It is a reflection of the love that God has for us. That when the Bible tells us to love God with all of our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength, it's revealing something to us. It's revealing that, you know what, because this is what love is. And God is all loving, which means God also. God loves you with all of his heart. God loves you with all of the passion and emotion and desire and feeling that he has. All of it, perfectly. God loves you with all of his heart. God loves you with all of his soul, with everything that it means for the image of God to be planted within you and for you to carry that very image of your creator. God loves you with that. God loves you with all of his mind, all of his knowledge, all of his wisdom. Our all-knowing God loves you with that. And God loves you with all of his strength, all of God's activity, all of God's power. Everything that God does, the way that God shows up, the way Jesus became incarnate, came and lived among us and gave his very life here, sacrificed for us, and then rose again to be victorious for us. All of that activity where God shows up God is there. It's an expression of God's love. That To love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength is to ultimately recognize that it is a reflection, a reflection of the way God loves us. So our love then is a reflection that comes, a reflection that acknowledges that, you know what, because you are wholly loved by God, you are able to, to holy love in return. It's because of God's love for us that we even know what love is and how that works. So we remember that because we are loved, we are able to love. And because we are loved wholly, right, all the interconnected components, we are able to respond and express that love that is whole, all the interconnected components, because God loved us. Let's pray together.
God, thank you for the way that you love us and the way that we see those expressions come in Scripture over and over again. God, we're, we're sorry and we have to confess all the times when we've looked at commandments in the Bible and rules and thought about all the ways that you want us to live and we're supposed to live and, and we forget that those things are supposed to all point towards love, loving you and loving others. So Lord, help us to do that. Remind us again of the way that we are wholly and completely loved by you and may that then show us a path to echo, to mirror, to return and respond and reply with that love you've given to us in the way that we love you and love others. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.